Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, friends? This is MC2 with Everybody's Hip Hop Label. Super excited about our show tonight. This is the Boom Bap Chat number 64. We have a legend, a, a super dope MC uh, in the room tonight. We're going to interview interview well interview him yes we're gonna uh discuss his new album here in just a moment make sure if you have not gone to everybody's records here in cincinnati get on over there do that they have a great selection of books cds vinyl all of that speaking of books they have these books right here the boom bap review but if you don't have your copies you can check them out at boombapreview.com Want to introduce our guests right after i introduce the room as always we have profound with us what's up profound What's good, Till? How you be? I'd be great, man. Good to What's see you. Iomas Marad is here. What's up, Iomas? What up, brother? How you feeling? I'm, I'm doing very, very well. We yes. also have a, a few guests back in the building tonight as our guest co-host. We have Thought Provoker here. What's up, Thought Provoker? Peace, peace. What's good, everybody? Peace, man. We have J.R. Swifts here as well. J.R., can you hear us? You there? I think he's... There we go. There we go. What's up, J.R. Swifts? Peace, peace, peace. Was good. How y'all? Good, good. Peace, man. We also have Yafeth from YGT Records. What's up, my man? Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, man. And as a good to have you here, man. And as always in the background, we have Neville. Neville, say something to us, man. What's up? Bless the heavens with the sevens. Let the bread level. Word up, word up. Yo, our guest tonight has been making some incredible music. One of the, 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 the best catalogs of the past decade, plus his new album, which we're going to get into tonight, is All the Brilliant Things. Please join me in welcoming the one and only Sky Zoo. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Oh, there it is. It's the delayed, delayed claps. <laughs> it's Yo, Brooklyn. Sky Zoo, man, thanks for being here. And thank you for this album right here. All the brilliant oh, things. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all pressing play and supporting it and, and wanting to break it down and all that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump into it, man. Why all the brilliant things? Oh, uh, well, I looked at, you know, the concept of what the record is about, you know, gentrification and cultural appropriation and all those types of things. And um, I looked at it and I said, you know, the way these things happen and are happening, it's heinous, it's awful, it's disgusting. But the way these people went about it is pretty brilliant. You know, brilliant doesn't always mean it's something good or positive. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Satan is brilliant the way he's able to trick us all into doing X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? So these are all the brilliant things. You know, these are all the brilliant things that have gotten us to the point of where we are. Wow. Got yeah, us deep, man. Yeah, that I, is deep. What, what do you think about that, man? That was yeah, that's deep. deep. I mean... I mean, I, I agree 100%. It's brilliant how they basically, like, took back the city. You know what I mean? Took our homes, uh, took our culture, all exactly, that. Yeah. Exactly. And then I, I don't know how they actually do it in, um, in New York, in Brooklyn specifically, but in Chicago, the first thing they do is they put up police cameras, they push the crime, then they bring Starbucks in, and then they move people out. You know what I'm yeah, saying? When you see, when you see those police cameras go up and you see a Starbucks pop up, we always say in our mind, they coming. They yeah. on their way. You know what no, I mean? No, it's, it's it's a similar thing because I remember yeah. when they put the cameras up in my neighborhood because they had already started 
like the neighborhood had already started to change. Right. And they put those cameras up and it was like, yeah, yeah now they care about what we're doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Now they care about who's outside on the corner making money. Exactly. Now they care, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, because there's people walking around to go to the store mm-hmm. and get a PBR or, you know, get an iced coffee. Yeah. They really got to make sure those people is all right. It's they don't care when, yeah. you know, the old lady on the block who'd been there forever had to go to the store and get what Absolutely. she needed in the middle of that action. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same flavor. Same flavor. Mm-hmm. But that's brilliant. That's a brilliant concept. Yeah. It, and was that the, the like the we want to start at the beginning, but I do want to jump around just a little bit because your first single was Bed Styles Burning. Mm-hmm. Was that the reason you picked that single? Do you feel like that single was the one that kind of captured the essence of the album the most? Yeah, 100 percent. Just yeah. well, not not necessarily captured the, the essence the most, but really like it was a great way to kick it off, you yeah. know, from the story, uh lyrically, you know, the lyricism and all that. Um to you know uh even the beat you know even sonically it was a great way to set it off for people yeah. to be excited about what's to come you've been waiting for this album for you know two years i've been talking about it since 2019 that it was coming you know you've been waiting for it and i've been saying so much about it online it was the first thing that people hear when they press play it's like oh snap wow so that's that's how we setting it off like right, that's important right. It's just as important as how you start the actual album. The first single is hugely important, no matter what genre of music, whether you're indie, major, whatever. Like the first single is hugely important. It can make or break an album the same way a sequence on an album can make or break it. You know, what yeah. goes first and second and third, all that stuff can make and break a record in a heartbeat. Right. So you so you spend a lot of time thinking through that, the sequence and the order. Yeah, you got to be strategic with it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's we'll probably get back into that song later, but let's rewind. Free jewelry, first joint on there. The sample, I don't know where that sample is from. The, the music sample. I know Dilla sampled it. Yeah. Is there a rhyme or reason as to why you put that little that little piece of music there? Nah. Um. The dude who did the beat, this dude, uh, Zarek Beats. He yeah. just made me beat like that. You know what I mean? Ah. Like what happened was, um, my man sent me that so he post that kid Zarek he posted that beat on his Instagram page as a video and my man sent me the link like yo check this out this is crazy and when I saw it I was like this is nuts so I went to some page and I left a comment under the beat just like fire emojis or whatever and he responded to the comment like yo man thank you so much if you want it it's yours and I hit him back like yeah I do the kid had like 400 followers you know what I mean so like I tell people all the time I don't care about your following, your numbers. I don't care about none of that. All I care about is if it's dope or not. And if I want it, I want it. You could have two followers on your page. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to hear a beat and love it and then be like, yeah, but he ain't popping, so I ain't taking that. That's stupid. The next man to hear that beat, take it, and pop Sun off, and now Sun is moving, and you could have been a part. That's stupid. Like, I would never. So I didn't care who he was. I just knew I needed it. I think he's from Germany. I didn't care who he was. I just needed it. So when I commented, he responded like, yo, if you wanted this yours, I said, yo, I'm about to DM you right now. And 30 minutes later, I had the beat. You know what I mean? And that was that. That's dope. Well, I'm glad you picked it because I love that beat. It's a great opener. Great opener. Um, As soon as I heard it, I knew it would open the album. Like I Mm. always always lay it out. It's kind of like if you're about to start a painting, if you're an artist and you're about to start a painting and you have this vision for a painting and you say, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to paint a garden with this and this and this, you already know how you want it. So now you got to go right. about it. You know, okay, I'm going to put these colors here, these colors over there, those colors over there. You already know how you're going to go about it. And 
that's how I go into making an album. Like when I heard the beat, I knew I was like, this is going to start the album. And it always yeah. works like that. Retropolitan, right. when I heard the beat that became glorious, mm-hmm. when I heard the beat. I was like, that's going to start the album. Like right. it always works like that every time. Yeah, that's super dope. Well, before we go to the next song, I do want to throw it to Thought Provoker, who had uh, a comment or question on that first joint. Thought Provoker? Peace, peace, brother Scott. Um, peace, what's up, bro? What's going on? Um, as a person, like I actively, like I'm in the city now. I actively work in the city. I work on um St. Albans up on Linden, but oh, word. where? But when I actually go to like my meetings and everything, I'm on 1420 Bushwick. So mm-hmm. I actually get to to see and and map out. And I did like like a couple open mics. I was in Best Style like two summers ago, did like an open mic. So I get to see like actively what's going on. And the line that that stuck out for me is like, you know, when you're talking about where the coach is determined while chugging a PBI and telling how to represent all the shit you made while you while they moving in your building with your roommates, like yeah explain to me like the first instance of like gentrification you saw and and sort of those publications you know that where you see like all right they don't they don't really they they talk about our culture but they don't really you know represent it properly they, they're not you know within the the crevices of the culture. Yeah. they don't know how to explain it like they kind of want the rhythm but but not the the blues of it you know what i'm saying so just yeah. talk about like that part of it the first time I saw it was the Barclays Center. That was the first time I saw right. it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and my pops foresaw it. You know, when word got out about the Barclays Center being built, like breaking news, Barclays Center was coming to Brooklyn, blah, 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 blah. He was like, yo, it's over. It's over in Brooklyn. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, it's over. Because when you build something like a Barclays Center, you got to build everything else around it. Yeah, you, you can't just have a Barclays Center in the middle of, you know, brownstones and the hood and mm. the old lady who's been there forever and, and the right. church fish fry. You can't do that. Like, look mm. at Madison Square Garden. Look at what's around that. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you can't do that. So he was like, they're going to put cafes. They're going to put restaurants. They're going to put high rises. They're going to move people out. They announced the Barclays in like 04. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. that was when I first saw that it was coming, but it hadn't happened. The hood was still a hood for good and bad. You know, the hood yeah. was still a hood. Um, I think the first time I felt the impact of it, pause, was um, I would say, I don't know. I don't know if I remember an exact moment. It was just seeing slowly but surely the changes, you know. And then when you talk about the culture, um, I mean, that's been happening. <laughs> They've been slowly chipping away at that rock forever, you know. So now, yeah. like, you know, you go to any of these websites that sell our clothes. That that's and when I say our clothes, meaning like, you know, urban wear or sneaker sites or whatever, whatever things that directly impact our neighborhoods and our culture and who we are as a people and what we've built. You know, mm-hmm. None of the models look like any of us. Yeah, you know I mean? like I have one model that looked like you and I, not one. Right. They did right. dripped out, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That's when you know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or when they go, or oh, we need music licensed for this type of feel and this type of vibe. But they go to someone who's not from it, who doesn't even create hip hop, doesn't make hip hop, isn't in it, and says, Hey, can you make some hip hop rap stuff? Mm-hmm. Can you make, you know, we're going to do this diaper commercial. We need 
some rap. Can you right. like you know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm talking about, as yeah. opposed to coming to us, being mm. like, yo, yeah, go for it. That's why shout to the NBA. They just had my brother Benny on there doing a joint. That's what it's yeah, about. So that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not about going to get somebody who's not from it to pretend to be from it. Yo, we about yeah. to do some hip hop. Let's go get a hip hop guy. Let's go get yeah. Benny the butcher. Boom. That's how you do it the right way, you know. I, I think the first time that that I saw it was um, visiting um, my grandma up in um, up in Harlem. Um, she lived on um, Adam Clayton ba- Adam Clayton Power between uh, Fifth and Seventh, and I'm sitting in front of her building, and like this lady that you wouldn't even think is a part of the the neighborhood, you know, she's having she has like a BlackBerry at the time. And, you know, I, I get locked out the building and I asked her to use my phone, but I, uh, her phone so I can call up to my grandma and tell her to buzz me in. And the first, that's the first time I was like, I would never, I wouldn't see that a couple years ago. So that's the first time I thought like, I Harlem is done with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thanks for that question, Thought Provoker. Uh, I do want to there's people that are asking all kinds of questions about this album. So I'm going to go out of sequence just a little bit. And uh, YGT and J.R. Swift, if you want to ask a follow-up here, go for it. But my man Quint and a few people wanted to know about um, I was supposed to be a trap rapper. And he was asking about, can you can you share the story behind that? Um, he said- Go all the way there? Because I know you said you wanted to kind of go in order. That's like midway through. You want to skip ahead or- uh well i you know just i'm cool it's your call yeah let's let's go i want to make sure we get to that one um because i know a lot of people are asking for it and then we'll go back and go in sequence is that cool Uh, so i was supposed to be a trap rapper okay the shorts i'm gonna try to make it as speedy as possible because i know we got limited time um so a friend of mine uh who had just got a friend of mine who was locked up i spoke about him on uh rich rhetoric when I was like, you know, uh, I talked about my man called me while I was writing Reunited, like the best song on the second Woo shit, blah, 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 blah. So mm. I, what happened was I'm writing Rich Rhetoric and I get a phone call and it's my man calling from a weird number. I Whatever made me pick it up, I picked it up. It was my man like, yo, Sky, I just got home. Boom, boom, boom. But I'm using somebody's phone. I just got out the joint. Oh, shit. Yo, word. Congrats. You know, welcome home, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, so I wrote him in the rhyme. So then fast forward about a month later, he called me and he was like, yo, Sky, I need your help. I'm trying to get into this music shit. You know, I know you do one side of rap and, and you the best at what you do and you the best out. I've known this guy, you know, since forever, since we was, you know, kids, you know, preteens type thing or early teens or whatever. This is one of my closest friends. He's outside for real. He's in the street for real. Actually, Steele's apartment is about him and his house like that. His house was Steele's house. But anyway, um, so he calls me like, yo, I'm trying to, you know, fuck with the drill scene. I got these young kids. I'm trying to get them popping. I'm trying to put some money behind them and get them popping and not go back to jail again, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, word. He was like, I need your help on the business end. I don't know anything about the music business, but you do. And I've known you forever. And he said to me, he was like, yo, I know you do kind of the backpack skateboard type rhyme, but I need, you know, if you could help me on this side of the fence, I'd appreciate it. And I laughed. I was like, bro, I never made a skateboard record in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, nah, 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 I don't mean it like that. I just mean, you know, you do more traditional OG hip hop. And what I'm trying to get into is this drill shit to get this bread. 
And I was like, no, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. So I didn't feel disrespected. I knew he was trying to explain in a certain way. Yeah. He, you know, he was going about it. So I didn't feel disrespected at all. That's my bro. But um, it made it, it. That's what inspired the record, because mm-hmm. I thought about how so many of my fans don't know that these are the type of guys I grew up around. They don't know this is right. the environment I come from. They don't know this is the world that I'm a part of uh, and, and that I grew up in. And right. like my friends wasn't listening to Slumville. My friends wasn't listening to Tribe. My friends wasn't listening to Ninth. Like, that was me. Yeah. I was listening to everything my friends was listening to, but then I was also listening to all the guys I just named and putting them on. Like, yo, you got to listen to this Slumville. And they was like, who? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of the guy that was in between these two right. worlds just randomly. You know, maybe it came from the schools I went to, friends I had in school versus friends I had in the neighborhood, whatever, right. whatever. Because I never went to school in my neighborhood. I always went to other schools mm-hmm. in Manhattan. So um, maybe maybe that was the reason. But I was always caught in these two worlds. But I was like, yo, my friends who look at me as, quote, unquote, backpack, underground, whatever, whatever, that's cool. They have no idea the guys that I rub shoulders with. They have no right. idea the guys who whose world I'm a part of in one way or another. So right. if I followed the path of how I grew up with these guys, I would be a trap rapper. Mm. Because that's the world I was living in. Those right. are the friends I have. Those are the guys I'm around every day when I'm not in the booth. So if I followed all of that, I would be a trap rapper. So that's why I said I was supposed to be a trap rapper. Yeah. But I took a different turn. So that's what the record's about. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, Yafeth or J.R. Swift, did you have any follow-ups on that? Let's talk to yeah. J.R. He did the beat, yeah. Yeah, J.R. Oh, Swift did the too, please. Yeah, 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 please. Yep. You want to go ahead, J.R. first? No, you're good. Yafeth, all right, okay, okay. I'll go. So I'll make it quick since we, we, we don't have a, a ton of time. So good. first question was, uh, I'm really curious how long that second half actually was, because, you know, it does cut off. <laughs> and also, will we ever be able to hear the whole thing? <laughs> no, that, that's all it is. There's a few more bars after it, but it, it fades out on purpose. Like, it's not a whole song, yeah, you know. Okay. I did that because um, I felt like if I said on a record, yo, I was supposed to be a trap rapper, people might be like, bullshit, whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I had to prove it. Like, right. Yo, yeah, look, look how I could do this shit. Here we go. Boom. You know right, what I mean? Right. So that's why I did that. You know, I was yeah. like, I gotta, okay. I gotta prove it. If I'm gonna say it, I gotta show and prove. So show and prove, that's yeah. why I did that, you know. That's why it, I did that little part. Then everybody was hitting me like, yo, Sky, you gotta make a trap album. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yo, Sky, you gotta make a trap <laughs> album. Yo, that shit would be crazy. Cause even though that's a trap joint at the end, you killed it and you still had entendres and you still was going crazy, you know. Uh you know, birds traffic part traffic like Zion, fly pelican yeah. fly on. Like you still had entendres in the trap record. Oh shit, you gotta do a trap album. But I was like, I'm not doing a trap album. But <laughs> it just showed if I wanted to, I could go do that shit. I wrote that the little end. I wrote that shit in ten minutes at three mm. in the morning. You know what I mean? Like literally, it was three in the morning, and my man sent me a beat. My man uh, Sam Illy sent me a beat, and I wrote that shit in ten minutes. You know what I mean? So I just proved it. <laughs> To knock this trap shit out if I wanted to, but I don't. That's not who I am. That's not my calling. But so, it's part of who I am because that's the group, the world I grew up in. But it don't define me. So really, it's not who I am. It's just part of where I'm from. So that little part at the end is is very short. The the full song uh, is produced by our man right here, Jr. Swifts. Super dope beat. Jr. Swifts. Did you have anything you wanted to comment on about that that song? Um. People, peace to Sky, peace, bro. Um, no, nah, I, I really don't. I, I think it was he answered the, you know, the question I had. He basically answered everything. Um, the only question I really had for a record, 
you know, but when we go on order, it's by Bodega uh, Flowers, that's it. But my um my question was basically answered. I, I think that was dope, super dope concept, by the way. Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, remember I, I, I called Jr. Like I, I had this idea, it popped up. Like I said, I was on the phone, with my man got off. The idea came to me, and it always starts with a song title, and it was just a song title that just jumped in my head. I was supposed to be a trap rapper, and I was like, oh shit! And I imagined people looking at a track list, holding a CDO vinyl in their hand, and being like, oh shit, what? Like, and it just it rang off, and I called yeah. Jr. I literally called him, and I was like, yo, I got this idea, and I think you're the only person for it. Like that was the conversation. Yeah, I, th- I th- you called the right guy because that that beat is yeah. I love that beat. All right, so that song is right smack dab in the middle, 14 joints. That's track eight. So let's rewind. We talked about the first song, uh, free jewelry. That flows into St. James Liquors. Why did you? That was I think your second single. Yeah. Uh, why that single? Why'd you pick that out? Um, it just it just helped to tell the rest of the story. Mm. You know, it helped to bring in kind of the, okay, so you look at bed burning and I'm just talking about what's happened. And I'm like, yo, man, this is awful. This is, look at this thing. And the next single was talking about how it was. Like, let me show you why this is awful. Let me show you where I grew up, how I grew right. up, how it was when I was in a certain time space, a certain age. Let me show you what it was. And then, you know, then we move forward. So, and, and, and I loved I think hitting people with something sonically that felt like that, the yeah. musicality of it, because people know me for the jazz and the boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. You know, the first joint has a jazzy vibe, of course, a jazz sample. I'm not going to get into the names of any of the samples. No, no. But um, the first joint, you know, Best Eyes Burning has a nice jazzy sample. And I love that that beat. Yeah. Shout out to my bro, Rashid Hadi. Yeah. Um, you know, so it had that vibe. But I wanted this one to, to go in that direction, but veer off a little bit melodically you know i just felt like it made a lot of sense not to even overthink the answer i just felt like it made a lot of sense and i mean the the first single was produced by a chicago cat second single produced by chicago cat half this album in chicago nice i love it man and it wasn't on purpose it just i was talking to my mans in chicago the other day like yo y'all know like the city got half the album like you look at the producers (laughs) The, the guest features it's it's crazy like it's all chicagoed out you know what i mean yeah. it just was coincidental and organic well you know we love that because profound and io moss are both chicago natives so mm-hmm. we yeah, love that here hey, all right we so know, we know shot rashid rashid hadi and kenny key as well nice yeah. family yep, i'll be out there in a couple weeks with them oh dope 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 yeah august 12th so that joint, St. James Liquors, flows into a tour of the neighborhood. And I have to say, man, I love this beat. Thelonious Martin makes it. Other Chicago guy. <laughs> crazy dope beat. The, just the jazziness, the piano. And I'm like, man, this is so dope. Then Il Al Scratch comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is so dope. But then it ends so quickly. And I'm like, man, Sky Zoo, what are you doing? <laughs> but then Rich Rhetoric comes in. I'm like, all right, I forgive you, man. Because that beat, Hold on, can Rich I Rhetoric. Voice? Phenomenal. Phil? Yeah, Neville, go ahead, jump in. Just just with that, is Il Al Scratch, is that his, is that a sample of acapella or is that him really guessing? No, that's him. That, that's him. Il Al Scratch is two dudes. So Al Scratch right. is Al Scratch. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's him. What happened was I wanted to sample it. I wanted to sample the acapella. Like I was calling every DJ I knew. Like, yo, mm. I need the Al Scratch come around my way. Yeah. Come around my way. I need the acapella. I want to flip that at the end. Boom, boom, boom. Every DJ I knew was like, yo, 
can't find it. I don't have mm, it. I don't have wow. it. YouTube, nothing. Nobody had it. Okay, two weeks later, my man randomly, he's uh at Classic Material in Brooklyn. If, if anybody knows Classic Material, my man Carlos with the hats and all that, he's at Classic Material store. He calls me. Yo, Sky, I'm at Carlos shop. Yo, you need anything? Because, you know, when they do new drops, he'll hit me and be like, yo, you want something? And I'll cash app him and he'll shoot it to me, whatever. Yo, you need anything? He just did a new drop. So I was like, yo, what he got? Like, what's the new drop? He was like, yo, he just did a whole collabo with Ill Al Scratch. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, he just did a whole line with Ill Al Scratch. The T-shirts, boom, boom, boom. He was like, yeah, Ill Al Scratch is here. I was like, what? Like, he was like, yeah. So I told him, yo, I'm trying to get that acapella can you get close to son and, and figure that out? He was like, all right, word. Calls me on FaceTime. Yo, Sky, boom, here go Al. I just met him here. Hands the phone to Al. I was like, yo, what up? He was like, yo, Sky, I'm a fan. I'm loving your joints. I've been rocking with you for years. You're keeping the lyricism up. You're keeping the culture right. I'm a huge fan, whatever, whatever, whatever you need. I was like, yo, what I need, I'm trying to get this acapella from the joint. He was like, we never released it. I was like, ah, that's why nobody got it. He was like, we released it on the cassette single. So the only way to get it is if somebody had the cassette single from 95. Oh, I was wow. like, damn, all right. I told him, you know, the idea. He was like, if you want, I could just re-sing it. And I was like, hmm. word, you would do that? He was like, hell yeah, I could just re-sing it. And I was like, bet, let's do it. So then I wound up, I was in New York like a month later, and we set it up, and he came to the studio and re-sang mm -hmm. it. He came to my studio, and, um, you know, me and my man, uh, my man Cap, he came to the studio and um, knocked it out. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. I was like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. Like, it randomly, my man, it was meant to be that. Sometimes, yeah. feel like, everything is God. But sometimes it's like God step in the room and just be like, hey, you go, I got you. Yeah. I mean, and that was one of those. Like, my man literally, <laughs> literally was just at Carlos' store that day. If he wasn't at the store, the record wouldn't have went down that way. Wow. I would have had somebody else sing that part. Wow. He just happened to be at the store and Alan was there. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And such it's such a short part on the album. On but purpose. It, it, but it just make yeah. Why, why was it so short on purpose? Because it's just about the album flowing. So it's mm -hmm. not about yo, every song gotta be three and a half minutes. Right. It's just about the album flowing. Yeah. We're telling stories. We getting from here to there. Sometimes you read a book, a chapter is 20 pages, sometimes the next chapter is 10. Right. You know what I mean, like it was just about the album flowing. I didn't want to do two, three verses about touring the neighborhood right it would have just been dragging out you yeah know? yeah and that's yeah. the beauty of when you make an album the right way you do those types of things and make those types of moves everything doesn't have to be all right every song got to be three minutes and 25 right. seconds because that's the radio standard you got to be two verses with a hook and a bridge and an intro and an outro you can kind of make it flow a certain way within the context of the album so yeah, on purpose. It's like a minute and a half. That was yeah. all on purpose. And, you know, you leave people like me wanting more. Like, oh, I want more of that beat. <laughs> but then Rich Rhetoric comes in. I love that beat, too. Uh, how do you say it? Is it Mark Infinite? Mark Infinite. Mark Infinite. Oh, right. Of course. So that joint at the end, when the beat, like, gets kind of muted. Mm -hmm. And who, Sean Taylor, is that the, the horn player? Taylor. Man. Oh. Always. That sounds so beautiful how he's playing the horn and the beats Appreciate muddled it. out. Yeah. Was that your, your vision there or someone else? Yeah. Anytime you hear like trumpet added to a record, that's, that's me. That's mm -hmm. me calling Sean, even like trap rapper, like, you know, JR didn't know I did that. till I sent him the final version. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I always add the little spice, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, you know, call Sean and be like, yo, bro, boom, boom, boom. 
rock this out and then he'll just rock it and everything move you know yeah that's dope that's dope and, and i've heard a lot of people online say that that's their favorite song which is interesting because there's i feel like there's a bunch of songs on here that are people's favorite songs which you know and that's and i tell people to a great time, album. that's when you have a great album right you know, if everybody's talking about one song is their favorite then you got one great song. It's right. like a restaurant. If somebody say, yo, you got to go to this restaurant and get the so-and-so. Okay, cool. But if somebody says, you got to go to this restaurant, what should I get? Yo, it don't matter what you get. Yeah. Everything is great. Right. And you got it. You know what I mean? That's when you got a hell of a restaurant. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And and that's how this album flows because Rich Rhetoric then flows into Bodega Flowers, which is produced by Karl Marx. Um, another really super dope joint. I want to throw it to Jr. Uh, he had a, a comment or a question on that one. What's up, Jr.? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this record, right, went probably probably my favorite record on the album. Um, do you feel? Do you feel like you don't get enough? Not recognition. I, I guess I'm gonna go with that. Not not enough recognition from the culture. Not enough. Flowers given to you is that that's how the record came about. I'm assuming. I think it goes both ways. I think like you know, I definitely get the love because people look at me and say all these wonderful things about me, including you guys. So I know the love is there. And I know I get that. But on the flip side of it, yeah, absolutely. There's times where I'm like, yo, what? Like, are you crazy? Like, you know what I mean? So, but the record isn't really about that. The record is about us as a people and as a mm -hmm. culture getting our respect and getting our flowers and getting our appreciation. So it ain't about me like, yo, I'm so great as an MC. Y'all better give me my flowers. This is about, yo, as people who create this culture, as people who have been through the ringer like nobody else in this world, we deserve the appreciation, the love, the respect, the flowers. And if you don't give them up, we are going to snatch them shits. And there's going to be casualties when we snatch them shits. Yeah. To snatch something takes force. And that's when what do they say? I'm, I'm choosing violence. That's the saying. To snatch something, you got to sort of choose violence. So if we start snatching these shits, it's going to go a certain way. So before that happens, just give it up. That's really what I'm saying on the record. Just give it up, you know, and that goes from, you know, the way we're treated by the police to the culture that we create, but not getting respected or appreciated for it or giving I just do for it. All these different types of things, you know, that, that's what it all comes down to. Yo, that's fresh. That's dope. I've super dope. Yeah. yeah. I have a, a fun question uh based on the line you said in that that song. Are you a curb your enthusiasm fan? Huge. Huge. <laughs> Absolutely. I noticed that Larry David line. I was like, yeah. oh. It was Larry David and y'all can payback should meet more. <laughs> yeah. Then on the flip, I said, because I knew people was gonna be like, oh shit, he should have done Shameek more, but I said, or maybe I'll just school him some, get to yeah. read him some, word to Miles Morales, ignoring his father's badges, which is a double entendre because he played Miles Morales in the Spider-Man mm -hmm. movie. My, ironically, Miles Morales was woke. He was mm -hmm. like, yo, my pops is a cop and I don't mess with that. You know what I mean? So like, ironically, his pretend character in a Marvel cartoon was woke, but he's kind of like lost in the sauce a little bit. Yeah. But what I'm saying in the follow-up line where I was like, well, maybe I'll just school him some, that's me going at cancel culture. Like, yo, we can't just cancel everything. Right. Sometimes yeah. people don't know and you got to hip them. You got to, you got to get them hip to it. Like right. he said what he said about, you know, Rosa Parks and all that. And that's what inspired it. When he had that mm. Rosa Parks comment back in 2020 or whenever that was, I think it was 2020. Um, that's what inspired it. And 
It's like, yo, what's, what's up with this kid? Like, is he bugging? Like, Wikipedia, how old is this dude? You know what I mean? Like, but then you think about it, like, well, maybe nobody told him. Like, my pops taught me about the Panthers. My pops taught me about Marcus Garvey. My pop, I mean, every school teaches about Rosa Parks, but you know, like my pops taught me all these things and, you know, as well as school and, and whatever, whatever. So it's like, okay, I had that, but everybody don't. So nobody told this kid the importance of what that was about. On the surface, it's like, oh, all she had to do was get up and move. No, 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 no. But when you look at it beyond that, maybe you didn't have nobody to help him look beyond that. So I'm like, all right, before we just yeah. cancel, son, let's help son out. Right. So it sounds like I'm throwing a shot at him, but then in the very next line, I'm like, right. well, maybe we don't throw a shot at him. Maybe we help son out and clean it up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciated that follow-up line. I thought that was dope of you. Um, all right, Bodega Flowers, super dope. Flows into something to believe in. Now, this this joint is very different to me, sonically. Like, the beat kind of slows down. It's a slower beat. Um, and I think Thought Provoker. Did you have something you wanted to, to ask about this one? I'll throw it to you. And there's a line in there I love. But Thought Provoker, go ahead. No, I just wanted to... Um... I just wanted to basically, you know, explain like, you know, how you came up with the concept that I had, um, and also like the the TikTok line and how, um, you know, how the generational gap sometimes that I see, you know, I'm in walking to work, taking the bus, whatever. Yeah. I see like the generational gap in New York. So I just wanted you to speak to that. Yeah, um, the TikTok line, we a product of Ziplocs, they a product of TikToks, TikTok, clock right. kicking, but not a tick on the wristwatch, meaning a right. So it goes in these, you know, different things. Like I'm talking about, we a product of, of we grew up a certain way. We grew up where it was like this. Now these kids, right. grow, you know, they not outside. They not, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. They on their phone and everything is about clout and everything is about numbers. We grew up where everything was about respect and standing right. on the floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Standing two feet, ten toes, and, and 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 being thorough. And that don't mean being gangster and thugging it out. It means being thorough, meaning being who you are, whoever that is. You know, so like we grew up with certain morals and codes, and it's a whole different generation now. TikTok and all that, you'll do whatever for clout. So there's no morals, there's no codes, you know. Right. So right. then the, the wordplay is TikTok, clock ticking, but not a tick on the wristwatch. So that goes into like wordplay and then you know, kind of talking about. Roly because Rolexes don't don't tick and blah blah blah. Mm. You know, mm. tick on the wristwatch in a space that's give and take, like a pit stop. You know, you drive and you make a pit stop, you give and take, you know. Mm. <laughs> you take a rest, you go to the bathroom, blah blah blah, but you also, you know, you, you get you gas up, you refuel, whatever, take a minute to breathe, you you get something and give something, you know. So that was a quick little little entendre, little hit, whatever, whatever. Um, mm. going back to what you asked about. Uh, the concept of it, the title is always is always the first way that I start off. I always start with the titles. I always mm-hmm. start with seeing a line, seeing a couple words in my head, seeing this just in my head, and I'll be like, oh, snap, that's a hell of a song title. And then it builds from there, and I just thought about something to believe in. As people, as human beings, no matter your race, gender, whatever, we all just want something to believe in. That's why everything is sold to us the way it is. That's why the, the most popular thing somebody will say is they. Well, you know, they said if you do so-and-so, well, you know, they said it's about to be crazy out. Well, you know, they mm-hmm. said, well, who's they? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we all just want something to believe in. And sometimes yeah. that helps us and sometimes that harms us, but we all just want something to believe in. And that's kind of what I'm talking about on the record. 
It's one of my favorite records on the album. Mm -hmm. The record kind of goes all over the place as far as the different topics, because we all just want something to believe in no matter what it is. So it goes from me bragging about certain things to me talking about gentrification, to me talking about the street, to me talking about the money, to me talking about the pitfalls, to me bragging a little bit more about myself. We all just want something to believe in. And it's one of the, it's, it's one of my favorite records on the album. It's a record that when I perform it, I try to hold back and not get choked up. Like every time I perform right. it, I get a little choked up. Talking about my brother being in the joint again and all these yeah. things. And it seems like this record that's just, it's just an ill kind of just, the beat is real hard. So it, it could play as like almost a street banger of sorts. And what I'm talking about is very surface, but then it's also very layered. And when you when you break down, uh, you know, when when you break down all the things that I'm saying in it, it does get a little emotional when you think right. about why things are the way they are, the way we grew up, and you know, our worlds. And even if you take the gentrification element out of it, like the way we grew up, and you know. Uh, 20 on a bottle, so-and-so on a bird, one lead to the other, all that's missing is words, tell them word. You know, that flew over so many people, but it's fine mm. because if you're not from outside and you wasn't mm. dealing with certain things, you wouldn't understand that. So right. me, all of my friends is in a certain world. So I know all mm. about that. You know what I mean? I wasn't getting my hands in that, but I know all about it because I was there when it was, you know what I mean? I was, I'm in that world. I'm with them guys every day. So I understand that world, even if I'm not living it. It's like if your man, you know, work at McDonald's and you with him every day, you know a little bit about working at McDonald's because all he's going to do is, is talk about what he's going through working at McDonald's. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I know that world very well. And I'm and you get to the, what's by, like like I said, 20 on a bottle, so-and-so on a bird, one lead to the oven, and all that's missing is words. Like, meaning like, yo, you, we, me and you, we get together we go $20 a piece on a bottle. We get a bottle of Henny and we uh-huh. have a conversation about breaking some bread together about a lot of money without having a conversation. Meaning like nothing was said here, right? There's no word. We said a lot, but we ain't say nothing because we're not supposed to be talking about none of this because ain't nobody trying to get sent up. So, you know, mm. it's just all that type of stuff. And, you know, I mean, uh-huh. that's two bars where it's so much in that. I mean, that could be a 10 minute scene in those two bars. You know what I mean? It's, it's so... Yeah packed in you know what i mean and yeah that is one of my so favorite um like i said every time i perform it i gotta hold back and not get mm. choked up you know what i mean there's a song there's a, a line on there i love uh, where you talk about part of me is most deaf part of me is mace, mace. and jury beyond but my aura we sage yep right right I, i'm not sure if you meant this but like i immediately went to that like era of raucous and bad boy and how like I felt like there was kind of a, a rift in hip hop. There was people that were like, oh, I'm, I'm underground. I'm with raucous. Oh yeah. No, they, they, yeah. Yeah. The people did that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Funny, right. I spoke to, I spoke to Kwali about it. Cause I, I'm on a, um, I'm on people's party. I think the episode drops next week. Oh, um, dope. So yeah. So me and Kwali was talking about that. Yeah. We oh, talking cool. about how wild that is. Yeah. And I don't want to give away the story. He told a really, really dope story about that time. I don't want to give it away. But it was really cool and and no one's gonna expect it you know what i mean when yeah. they hear they're gonna be like wow that's crazy like no one's gonna expect the story that he tells based on what you just said because yeah. that was happening it was like yo uh you know screw y'all no screw y'all but it's right it's always the fans that do it but the thing about it the fans have the best intentions when they do yeah. it yeah. so it's hard yeah. to be mad at them right. you know the fans in the underground is going hard because they're like yo i love your music 
right. proven. They're the reason why your music isn't the most popular thing in the world when it should be. How can you be mad at somebody going that hard for you? Right. But at the yeah. same time, you got to be like, yo, you got to chill because that it ain't like that. And that's yeah. actually splitting us up and we could get further if we were united. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So the fans do it, but they have the best intentions at heart. Yeah. But what I really was just saying is sort of like I said on Trap Rapper, I grew up in these different worlds. Part of me right. was Def, part of me was Mace. I love right. Mace. Everybody knows Mace is one of my favorite rappers. I love Mace. Like, no Mace slander on my watch. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because right. as wild as it may seem, um, Mace is the reason, like, he's a big reason as to, like, teaching me how to write songs mm. without knowing son. Like, I never met son a day in my right. life. You know what I mean? But he taught me how to write songs. You know what I mean? Like, straight up and down. Because when I was in high school, I'm in ninth grade. I'm killing everybody in the lunchroom at the table. My rhyme book is overflowing, words past the margin, illmatic shit. And I'm writing verses, and it'll be like, uh, fucking 44 bars. Mm. And then the next verse will be like uh, 58 bars. <laughs> you just stop when you feel like stopping. Right. Well, that's not song structure. Right. And I didn't realize song structure until I heard Mace. When I heard Mace, I went from the guy in the lunchroom just clapping everybody to how to write about this, how to write about that, how to appeal to this, how to tone down that, how to say all the same stuff but scale back the approach a little bit right or how to swag a little bit like yeah. i learned all that shit from me 16s hooks pre-hooks uh you know being personable and and marketable within the rhyme forget like how you look but within the rhyme like i learned all that shit from mace man no mace slander on my watch yeah but no also doubt. most deaf is is top two favorite rappers of all right. time yeah so no doubt who's a mace stand and a most deaf stand right nobody but this guy well, and that's that's one of the things things I appreciate about you because I mean people can put you and others in boxes that they want to. I mean, you know, we can't control what people think, but man, life is so much better when you're open minded and just let people be, let people live. And you just speak to that by just being yourself, you know, just being yeah. you. You speak to that just naturally, which I really appreciate. And it shows in the music, you know, right. it yeah. shows in the music like how can he do a record with Griselda all the time and Jada Kiss? And then go do a record with Black Thought. Mm -hmm. And then go do a record yep, with Wally yep. and Jill Scott. And then go do a record with uh, BJ. And then come back and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's because I was a most fan and a Mace fan. I was a Locks fan and a Little Brother fan. That's why. Speaking of Griselda, I saw that 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 nice tweet that uh, Westside Gun put out maybe today. That's yeah, my brother. I tell out. people yeah. all the time. I'm like, that's my brother. Like, well, those are my, that's family, man. Well, you know like. A lot of us got put on to him through, you know, uh, music from our friends. That was the first time yeah. I heard Westside Gun. I was like, who's this? Yeah, on Luxury, yeah. Yeah, Luxury, My yeah. brother, yeah. man, I knew I knew this thing was going to go where it went for them. I'm not surprised. I'm happy. I'm not like, oh, snap, what the fuck? Like, right, nah, right. I'm like, word. Knew. I knew yeah. it was going. Like, right. yeah, I told y'all this was going to go there. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, so, yeah. I knew that. Well, listen, uh, Sky Zoo, is there a song? I know we don't have a whole lot more time, but is there a song? Bringing it down a little bit. We oh, cool. We'll, I'll go as long as you want to give us. Already, I mean, we was already halfway there. Or we was about to go to Humble Brag. Look, yeah, Humble Brag. We're already yeah. halfway through the album. We, we could keep going a little bit. Yeah, no, hey, no doubt. We'll go as long as you want. Humble Brag, another Mark Infinite. So I love Mark Infinite. Where is he from? DC. DC. Okay, I love his stuff. Yeah, he's crazy. And man, when that 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 hook. When you when uh, those horns come in, 
Yeah. The way you're flowing is like straight. Yeah. It's like Pete. It reminded me of Pete Rock. Like Pete yeah. Rock was. I love that joint. You're flowing on there. So dope. dope joint. Anything you want to tell the people about that song, Humble Brag? Oh, yeah. Whatever y'all want to ask. I mean, it's um, it's just continuing the story. Like, okay, so you look at the album. The album starts with uh, the way the neighborhood was. Mm-hmm. And then it takes you on this ride. And it ends with the way the neighborhood is. Mm. So all the moments in the album are leading up to, okay, we're here. All right, the neighborhood's changing a little bit. It's changing a little bit. Oh, snap, it changed a lot. It's getting worse. Oh, snap, like, now it's too much. Like, so this is the midpoint. This is track seven on the album. So this is literally the midpoint of look at where the neighborhood is now. You know, right. I'm talking about 13, Henny on the back of my breath, fine by it though, tucked it in the back of the steps. You know, I gotta go fast forward. I still pour it all through the barrio. Word to all the condos coming to tell us Vominos. Like, hmm. word to all these condos that's coming, that, that's telling us, ah, y'all gotta go. You know what I mean? Backseat of my Jeep, swinging episode, double parked in front of the park, but better's left alone. Meaning like, I'm still living the way I always lived, you know, before y'all got here and that's not gonna change. So bet I'll double park my Jeep right in front of your condo won't nothing happen. Mm. At least that's the way I see it in my head. Right. Because I'm yeah. from here, y'all not. I remember when this wasn't a condo, when it was a barbershop. Right. Or when it was a Chinese restaurant or when it was the cleaners or, you know, the number spot. Yeah. So I'm not changing the way I live for y'all just because you got a condo here and you paying 4000 a month. That's on you. I'm still double parking my whip right here. I'm still going to the store the way I do. You know, so that's what I meant in that quick little four or six bars or whatever that is right there. Yeah. So, so then how does we already talked about uh, I was supposed to be a trap rapper, but how does that song now fit in that narrative that you were explaining? Why that song at that point? Well, because on trap rap, I'm still talking about, you know, the whole album's about gentrification and cultural appropriation. So I'm still talking about those things on trap rapper. Like I end the, the first half of trap rapper with, when I said, uh, you know, when I talked about seeing too many moving vans and all that and why I chose to go this way instead of that way, lyrically because, and musically, because I knew I had so much more to offer and it's on somebody like me to be responsible using my voice as a platform to talk mm. about things like this, you yeah. know, to talk about these types of things. So, right. um, you know, uh, and, and it just made sense as far as, how I grew up, where I grew up, what it was like, and how that shaped me to be the MC I am, the person I am, to see shit the way I do. All of that came from where I grew up at and, and, and my background and my upbringing. So it, it just fits seamlessly within the context of the story. Yeah. And that so that one flows into plugs and connections. And I feel like plugs and connections sonically with the scrimmage. I don't know why, but I feel like those two kind of feel similar in their the vibe. The producer did both beats. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, stolen drums. He did both beats. Right on. Right over. And what? What? How did you come across him? I've known him forever, man. Okay. He, um, so he's he's a video director and a producer. So like he like he directed could have struck Lotto, um, or mm. Great Debater. He directed that video. Dope. He directed um payout with me and Starly off of uh you know the Easy Truth with Apollo. Like he's a video director, but also a producer. And um, yeah, he he he's got the the lo-fi shit mastered. Like that world, if you in Atlanta, he throws this event called Controllerize, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. He brings out like fifteen hundred people every Monday night, like clockwork, just to hear beats, play video games, watch anime, and drink craft beer 
and it's mm. at the warehouse and it's it's amazing. It's called Controllerize. That's his shit. And like mm. he's got the lo-fi shit mastered. And um, I've known him forever, but again, my man, shout out to my man Airs Nights. I've known him since 2003. And he kind of co-AR the album with me accidentally. He would just send me beats. Like he would just send me links to people, like, yo, check this beat out. Yo, check this beat out. This shit is crazy. Just randomly, like mm. not for the album per se, but just like, yo, I saw this on the gram. This shit crazy, right? And I'll be like, yo, I'm about to use that. And then he'd be like, oh, I know the producer. Let me hit him. So I'm like, damn, son, you kind of a and the album a little bit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he sent me those Stolen Drums beats, even though he's my man. Stolen is my man, but right. I don't be on line. I don't be online all day. Like I'm, right, I right, be on the yeah. gram like once every two weeks. I'm not a social media guy. I don't really like it. Yeah. So he be online all day. So he sent me like little videos from the gram of Stolen playing those beats, and I was like, yo, this is nuts. He was like, yeah, you should hit him and get that. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to hit him. And I, Yo, what up, bro, bro? Let me get that. All right, cool. You got it. Then the scrimmage. Yo, bro, let me get that, too. All right, you got it. You know, like, that's how that happened. So yeah. he did both beats. And when I got the two beats, I just felt like it made sense to put them together as far as the context of the story. So when I wrote Plugs and Connections, I knew I was going to write the scrimmage right after it and put those two together to kind of make one story. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah. That makes sense. And uh, yet again, this is a song, Plugs and Connections, that people really love. Shout out to Mark McCauley and Quint Belzer on Facebook. They both are shouting you out for that joint. I really like that one. Uh, So yeah, so that flows into the scrimmage. Uh, Yafeth, did you have something that you wanted to ask on that joint? Uh, You actually already asked guys, dude. I was going to ask him how him and like Stolen Drums came together. So yeah. Yeah, I knew him from directing videos like 10, 11 years ago. And then he just was like, posting beats and i was like yo you got beats it was like yeah i've been had beats i just was keeping it low and blah 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 blah, blah. and i was like yo bro like what like and that's you know that's how that happened cool cool so, yeah because i was really happy to see that he made it on your uh, your album i believe this is the first time he produced on anything you've done right yes it's the first time we worked as far as beats yeah cool cool yeah he, he's crazy man he's he's really nuts i was talking to him today actually he's really nuts man um from B more down here in Atlanta, been down here in Atlanta forever, but from B more. And um, yeah, he's really crazy. Indeed. Dope stuff. Uh, the next joint is probably my favorite. Question, yeah. Never oh, go ahead. Jump just, in. Man. Just You're real good. quick. Sky yep. Zoom. Mm-hmm. It, this is not a particular song, but that common thread that keeps going throughout the album. I can't sing it, but do you want to get money or not? Do you, oh, do yeah. you want, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like there's a up. double, Entendre with that. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Can you explain what the meaning of that is? And is there a double entendre? And something well, that I always like to talk to Till about money, 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 money. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm super glad you brought that up because I think one person asked about that during all these interviews I've been doing. Um, it's just this idea that I had. It's from a mace joint, you know. Um, it's from a song called Do You Want to Get Money? And Kelly Price initially sang it. And like we talked about, I'm a Mace fan, whatever, whatever. And it just hit me to use that, but to flip it. And what I'm talking about is with gentrification. So when you're approached with these opportunities within gentrification and cultural appropriation, you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you want to get money or not? So like you got a guy coming to you, you own a brownstone and you can get three and a half million for this brownstone. Do you want to get money or not? So you got to be, oh, damn. I know the neighborhood. I know boom, boom, boom. But this guy who don't look nothing like me, he's a developer from Texas and he don't look nothing like me. And he's 
probably listens to Garth Brooks and blah, 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 blah. But he's offering me 3.5 right now for this brownstone. Damn, kind of got to take that. You got to ask yourself, do you want to get money or not? You think about the cultural appropriation side. You got all these websites and all these different things and people who don't come from the culture, know nothing about the culture, take a crash course in the culture by going on Google for a week. And now they know everything about it. And they're the ones coming to you with the opportunities. They're the ones running the websites that you want to get your stuff posted on. They're the ones running the, uh, you know, the playlists that you want to get your stuff posted on. They're the ones running the sites that you want to model for or get your show on or whatever, whatever. Damn, you want to get money or not? Like, you got to ask yourself, do you want to jump in this and do what you got to do and deal with these vultures or not? Because if you deal with these vultures, you're going to get this money, which is what you're here for. It's a part of what you're here for. It's a big part. You got to ask yourself, do you want to get money or not? So that's mm-hmm. why I flipped it. That's If you listen to the Mace joint, the lyrics is a little different. Yeah. I rewrote it to reflect the album, the gentrification, the cultural appropriation. Like, yo, do you want to get money or not? And that's why it keeps popping up all over it. Cause it's a mm-hmm. reminder when you listen to these records about gentrification and cultural appropriation, it's a reminder. It's like the ghost in the room. Like, yeah. yo, do you want to get money or not? You know? And that was, um, that was uh, my homegirl, the singer Ario. She's super, super dope. And she did that. And I just placed it everywhere. I was like, I'm gonna just place this everywhere. And you're gonna be all over the album. You know what I mean? Like you did this one piece. And it's just going to pop up randomly out the blue. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another part of making an album, like having right. those moments where unique things happen, but they make sense, not just for the sake of being unique and being weird, but they make sense. Then, I'm, so, I'm sorry. So then what I hear is like the, the responsibility is on us. Now I'm, and it sounded like you said that, but I'm hearing like we have to make it happen in spite of X, Y, and Z, in spite of the obstacles. Do you guys who want to get money or not? Are you going to be successful or not within everything that's going on? That's what I got from it. Maybe that's the wrong interpretation, but that's what I it's, heard. It's kind of similar, but because but, but the way I the way I pictured it was directly within, you know, gentrification and cultural appropriation. Like it all comes down to money with both of those worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Gentrification, the bottom line is about money. It's money and proximity. It's like, why does gentrification exist? Well, because it's about being close. The way it started, at least in New York was about being close to Manhattan. You know, that's how this thing started in New York. Manhattan was getting overcrowded and overpriced. And people who don't look like me was like, yo, I work in Manhattan. I'm in, my whole life is in Manhattan. I date in Manhattan. I go to bars and restaurants in Manhattan. My whole life's in Manhattan. But this place is getting crowded. Or mm. I can't afford it no more. Brooklyn is really bad. Brooklyn is really, really bad. It's the late 90s. People are getting shot every day. It's really bad. But where could we live in Brooklyn and it'll be bad, but we could be in Manhattan in a split second. Mm. Williamsburg. Williamsburg was the first place to get hit. Williamsburg is a two minute train ride. So it's like, all right, if I go to my house, mind my business, get on a train for two minutes, I could be back in Manhattan. All right. I'll roll the dice and do it. That's how this thing started in New York. Mm. And then Williamsburg got overcrowded. All right, let's go to Bushwick. Bushwick got overcrowded. All right, let's go to the sty. The sty got overcrowded. All right, let's go to Crown Heights. And before you knew it, with the Barclay coinciding with that timeline, Brooklyn became the coolest place in the world and everybody wanted to live in it. And, you know, uh, every magazine, the New York Times magazine, everybody is saying the number one cool place to live in the world, Brooklyn, New York. Mm. That was done a couple years ago. There was a magazine cover that said it. And that's great. Shout to us. You know what I mean? But mm. 
They ain't calling it cool because Heads is on the corner sitting on the crate drinking a Heine. They're calling it cool because there's cafes and 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 wineries and, yeah. and wine and cheese bars and the Barclays Center and you know smorgasbords and Afropunk. That's why they're calling it cool. They're not calling it cool. <laughs> my friends is sitting on the step drinking a Heine like we used to. Like right. you know what I mean? And yeah. at what cost? At what cost? At what cost? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So that's the story for everybody watching of how the thing happened, at least in New York. So, yeah. you know, back to what you said, man, it's about money and, you know, with the culture. It's about money. Yo, hip-hop runs the world. It's about money. You trying to get on as a rapper, so-and-so website is the biggest website in the world, and they're snobs and got their nose in the air, but they're the biggest hip-hop website in the world, and they control the culture. You go up there for a meeting, and them guys look nothing like you. Mm-hmm. You'll be blown away as an up-and-coming rapper. You'll be like, wait, you're the one? Who did the top 10 album list of the year? You're the one who put so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. You're the one standing over all this stuff. You look like my substitute teacher from what? This is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are the guys dictating it. And more than more so than them saying this is what's cool, that's fine. The issue is what they're saying is not worth it. It was not mm-hmm. cool. They're like, nah, that ain't that ain't this. That ain't hip. That's not great. That's not real. That's not. Who are you? Who you know, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, I always use the same analogy where I say, this is like if I was to step to a 75-year-old Italian woman who's a grandma and tell her she don't know how to make marinara sauce. This woman's 75 years old. She's Italian. She's from Italy. Been making this her whole life. What audacity do I have right. to do that and say that to her? Either like it or don't, but I have no audacity to be like, I have no right, rather, to be like, yo, that ain't real. You don't know what you're doing. This woman is from there. Grew up raised in it. Picked tomatoes out the garden and mashed them with her hands and knuckles. Who am I to be like, yo, that shit, you don't know what you're doing. You fake with that. What? That's what they're doing with us, though. They're telling us, that's not real. That's not great. That's not, that's not it. This yeah. is who are you? You're not even from this. You don't even get it. Either like it or don't. It don't mean you got to like everything that comes out of it. Right. That's possible. There's a lot of trash hip hop running around quoted as real hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of trash hip hop that's on the side of the fence of real hip hop. But to sit there, you either, you either like it or you don't. But to sit there and think that you have the power or the right to say what's real and what's not. Yeah. My story is real or not. Or somebody's representing New York or representing the culture or representing this real. And you're not from it. How do you know what represents the culture if you're not part of it? Yeah. Got here I, in college. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> like so true. And I there's so many conversations I get into with people where I tell them, like, it's one thing to say you don't like a song or an artist right. or an album. That's cool. You don't like everything. But don't say it's trash or it's bad. Like who who made you the person that gets to decide well, what's good and what's say not. It's not real. Or it's you not know? real. Yeah, right. Exactly. Don't say yeah. it doesn't represent what it's supposed to represent when you don't know what's supposed to represent what. Right. You can't. Yeah. You're not from the neighborhood. You're not from the culture. You're not. You don't understand why a record like whatever fill in the blank was made and right. why it hits and impacts people so much or the code and the slang. When I talk about certain things and I have certain code and certain a certain language that I use, and like Jay said back in the day, it's coded and then it's coded again. And then mm. it, you don't understand that because you're not from here. 
Right. The people that's from here get it. The people that's from this world, that's from this culture, they get it. If I talk yeah. about the importance of, you know, um, praise up to the most up high for black up tempo, Joe, hardest shit you could come by. If I talk about the importance of black up tempos, it's not because I'm waiting for GOAT to re-retro them and then they go up on, you know, or they go up on the sneaker app and be gone in 30 seconds. That's not why. It's because of, I was there when they existed in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was, and I know what that means for our culture, for our neighborhoods, for our people. When I make a record like Penny Jerseys, the importance of what a Penny Jersey was in 95, like it's mm-hmm. more than just a jersey. It's more than just right. getting some chick from the valley to put on a Penny Jersey and wear it like a dress for a photo shoot. No, no, it's, it's a different thing, man, but yeah. you wouldn't get it. But you're trying in real time. In real time. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to get it by doing it this way and, and you're losing, but you think and, you're winning and you got the power to make people think you're winning because yeah. your sponsorship and your ads and your numbers right. and your followers is through the roof. And now we have a big ass mess. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to appreciate something that you don't fully understand. Of course. You know? absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty. I mean, your album is a great example. I mean, there's, there's stuff on there that I don't understand. And it's like, I can but still appreciate the beauty right. of it. Even if you will, the yeah, more exactly. you do it, you will. And that's, you know, we talked to John Robinson last Thursday. And one of the things about his album that he has out uh, produced by Blue is, is an album that when it hits you, you can appreciate it and like enjoy it. But then you can go back to it again and again. Because like yeah. you you often say, that's there's layers about. to it. That, that's exactly what this album is. He was just at my house two days ago. Oh, word. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Love him. Uh, the Culture-ish joint. I don't have a question for this one, but I just want to thank you for this song because it's one of my favorite songs of, Appreciate you know, the past several years. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful song. You know, just the the sound of it, the music of it, just all of it. It was um, the, um it was the last song I did for the album. Mm. Uh finished it as far as the hook and everything like from A to Z. Uh finished it in January of this year. Oh, uh, wow. It was the last song I did had this idea just hit me and Mark Infinite did it. Um, excuse me, gave him the, um, gave him the sample, which we're not going to talk about, but gave him the sample <laughs> and, and all that and just told him what I wanted to do. And then Kareem Riggins played on it. And I was asking him about singers and just trying to get a gauge for what I wanted to do on the hook. And he brought up Monica Blair, who was insane. Mm. And um, man, where she took this record was like, yeah absolutely beautiful like when she was telling me like her ideas of what she wanted to do vocally because she had did she had did a take and it was crazy and then she hit me and was like yo i'm gonna do it again and i was like all right she was like yeah don't use what i sent i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna freak it though i'm gonna flip it a different way and when she does all those different moments and the way she stacked it and she has these lows and she does this thing you gotta really listen but she does this thing like huh I was like, oh my yeah. God. Like, it was all this other stuff she did later. She slept on it and she was like, I'm going to do it again. And it was incredible, man. And I wrote the hook where I just was like, yo, I just see this one line over and over. And I referenced it. It was just like, for me and you and you and yeah. you. Like, that was it. Because I'm saying so much in the rhyme, I didn't have to say anything in the hook. Nah. And honestly, I remember. And I talked about it on um, talked about it on on Trap Rapper a little bit, but I remember writing for somebody, somebody who everybody in the world knows. And we're not gonna talk about, it, but everybody in the world knows who they are. If I was to say who, and I remember writing for somebody, and we was having that kind of conversation, just about lyricism and, and, mm-hmm. and writing and music. And then he was just like, "Yeah, you know, 
when sometimes when you say so much on one side, on the other side, you could keep it as simple as be and 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 keep it just so bare bones and simplistic. Yeah, and it'll balance it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I agree. You know what I mean? And we were talking about just some stuff I was writing for him. That we were talking about my stuff and how much of a fan he was of my stuff and how we got together and all that. And he was like, yeah, sometimes like, you know, when you're doing so many layers and you're saying so much, sometimes it's nothing to just do one line. Yeah. One word for a hook. Yeah. And have that for people to breathe. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah, it worked. That, that was one of those moments where I'm saying a ton of stuff in these two verses. And they're both 24s, if I'm not mistaken. They're, they're I think you're right. Fours. So the hook is one line for me and you and you and you. That's who this is for. Meaning right. I'm I'm talking, I'm speaking for everybody. Yeah. That's what that hook means. Yeah. And it just it, yeah. And it's mixed well. That song is mixed really well. Everything just sits for I mean the whole album is mixed well too. Yeah, shout yeah. Out to my man, AJ. Yeah, he did his thing. All right. Uh Bedside is burning. I kind of, if you have a minute, I would love to kind of wrap up with. I know there's a few more songs, but Bedside I mean, yeah, is burning. We, we might as well. We okay, cool. Records, uh, we might as well. <laughs> cool. Bedside is burning. We we touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, this is a song that kind of stood out uh, to many of us. I know uh, YGT wanted to chime in on something. Jr. said he wanted to chime in on something. So, fellas, if you have a question or comment on it, you know, go right ahead. YGT, you want to jump up? Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was one line uh, in particular, I forget exactly where, Scott, you said it, but you said how, uh, like, this like this neighborhood gave you life, or was you here when it, when it died? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, that was, that was a pretty strong line. Like, do you feel like a, like a part of you kind of went away once the city started to kind of go away, you know? Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, not, not me personally going away, but, like, the city itself, yeah, like, you just feel the, the change in, in, in the city, and that's why I, I fight so hard for the authenticity of the city to remain. So like when I go back home, like everybody know I live in Atlanta now, but when I go back home, when I go back to New York, the first thing I do is go to the neighborhood and get a hero, you know, or, or get a dollar Arizona and sunflower seeds. Like it's the first thing I do because like, I'm really just like yearning for the city to remain as much of the city as I can still hold on to before it's all gone. Every time I go back to the crib, I do local crib stuff immediately. I go to Luigi's, the pizza spot, right away. Yeah, I got to go to Luigi's. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I just got to feel home being home, you know? I go to Mike's. Everybody know I talk about Mike's Mike's Diner all the time. I go to Mike's. I got to go to Mike's every morning while I'm in New York for a week. I'm back at Mike's every morning because I was at Mike's every morning when I lived there. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to revive it. The shit is on the table and I'm just... You know what I mean? I'm hitting it, I'm hitting on the chest. Like, that's how I feel, you know? Um, the aura of quarter waters over Mary J. Blige, my neighborhood gave you life, but was you here when it died? Because it's like all those things, these visions that you may have caught from listening to a record or watching a movie, like Do the Right Thing or Crooklyn or whatever, all these reasons that brought you to Brooklyn, that brought you to my neighborhood, listening to Ready to Die and you know, the thought of like Spike Lee and Jordan threes and all this shit that Brooklyn and Bed-Stuy and all shit represents. It's like, you came here for that. But now when you're here, you're getting rid of that, you know? And that's what I'm saying. The aura of quarter waters over Mary J. Blige. That's an image of like, in my neighborhood, that's what it was. Like the little hood chicks bumping Mary J. Blige on the speaker, drinking quarter waters, you know, being local, 
I don't want to say being ghetto, being local, being hood. We loved it. Those was the girls we aspired for. You know what I mean? They were listening to Mary J. Blige, drinking quarter waters and doing each other hair and jumping rope. And we was running around the block being bad and whatever. That whole aura. I'm just painting that little scene. And I'm saying that whole aura, the aura of that is what you came for. You're like, yo, this gives me life. Oh, my gosh. This feel, this is light. This give, This is giving me life. That's something that they would say. This is giving me life. Cool. My neighborhood gave you life. Was you here when it died? Was you here when my neighborhood died? You know, when all that got killed and they told us to leave and go somewhere else because we need to do this for these other people. You know, a musical question here. I know we don't give away samples, Mm -hmm. but the vocal sample, I don't know if you can touch on this. I feel like the Bush Babies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is on there. Can -hmm. you touch on that? Was that something that you. Yeah, I did all what that. Did Yo, okay. I gave I gave Hadi the sample. I gave Hadi the sample. I picked out the drums, everything. You know, what I mean? wow. but I do that with a lot of the beats. Like all the yeah. drums Mark Infinite did, I did that. I was like, "Yo, use this sample. Let's mess with these drums." You know what I mean? And that's not taking anything away from their genius. Nah, nah. They're geniuses. But I've always been of like the Puffy Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm. I've always been of that ilk when it came to creating records. Like. I'll get beats from producers and love them. Like the Karl Marx joint, I added nothing to that. You know what I mean? Like he right. sent that. I was like, this is amazing. I need it. I added nothing to that beat. All yeah. of the drops and change ups and the little, th- the only thing I added was the head tie, kill him with the no. Like I added that. Yeah. Because I, I wrote it in the rhyme. You know what I mean? In the rhyme. Right. <laughs> Respect died, heads high, kill him with the no. Like meaning like, Nah, we ain't going for it. That's what I meant. Kill him with the no. Respect died. Heads high. Kill him with the no. Like, the respect is dead. Like, now we here to take it. So I was like, yo, I'm going to put that there. Kill him with the no. And I put that there. That's the only thing I did on that record. I caught Mark did that. So I say all that to say, you know, I'll get a beat from somebody and be like, yeah, that's it as is. But then a lot of times, too, I'll build the beat. I'll be like, yo, yo, bro, I want you to mess with this sample. And I want you to use these drums. And I want you change this up on the hook and they go i bet and they'll put it together i just so, love i know it's super short but i just love that little bush baby it, was important, just, man. It, fits. It, it, it came it came out the blue and it was really mm. important i was at my man um shakim crib dj shakim shout to him and um he's down here in atlanta i was at his crib he did all the cuts on the album so mm. all the cuts you hear he did every one super dope and, and we was messing yeah. with some cuts and um he had the bush babies record like on a crate, like, you know, sitting in a crate and it was in the front and I just glanced over at it and we was working on cuts for that record. He was doing the, took it where Brooklyn at? He was doing yeah. that. And I glanced over at it and I was like, damn, I ain't think about the Bush Babies in forever. Yeah. That record. And I picked it up and I was like, remember we, yeah. was, yeah. that's, perfect. that's perfect for this song. You know what I mean? Like, cause what it's I'm just... saying in the record is the neighborhood is dying, but don't forget right. about us. Remember yeah, yeah. us. And I just, I was like, yo, 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 here, take this, take the, yeah, put this on. You know what I mean? Right. And then we went to it, remember we, and I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, we got to drop yeah, that yeah. in right here. That so that's how so that happened. Well. another question with that. I don't, I know that JR and them have to continue with this song, but that Cuddy Ranks sample, the um, the reggae artist, Cuddy Ranks, what made mm-hmm. you put put that in there? On, um, on Plugs and Connections? Yes. It came like that. I was like, whoa. I was like, what? what? Right. came like that. Yeah, Stolen Drums did that. He sent that Stolen. to me like that. It came like that. You know what I mean? Like, 
I just heard the beat when I pressed play, it did all that. And I was like, oh, this is nuts. Like, yeah, let me go. It, this is nuts. You didn't, want, you didn't want to take it out. You were like, it's all right. No, 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 no. It was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. It made too much sense. A dope, dope. I.O. Moss or J.R. Swift, you want to jump in? I'll let JR go first. All right. JR, do you have anything? Oh no, nah, I'm, I'm actually just enjoying the conversation. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right on. Cool, cool. Yeah, right. um, in Best Eyes Burning, you make a lament. You saying the name of the cities. Mm-hmm. You saying, you know, Detroit, please don't let this happen to you. Chicago, don't please don't let this happen to you. Right. You kind of saying it like it's you speaking into the future. But in my mind, I was thinking like, like gentrification is is like kind of already happening. Already happening. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, what was what was what was your thinking behind behind you know saying it in that way? You know what I mean? Like calling out yeah. to the rest of the the cities. Of, you know what I mean? It was me just making sure everyone could appreciate the record, even if you're not from New York, because the okay. record is called Bed Stars Burning. So it was me making sure, yo, like, you know, everyone could rock with the record. You know, no, no matter what, you know, and I'm letting you know, I see y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I, I see y'all. Like, I see it happening in these. I see it starting to happen in some of these places. I'm just giving you a warning of, yo, man. I know I'm talking about my neighborhood, but please use us as an example. Don't let yeah. them take this from y'all the way they took it from us. That's what uh, I'm saying on that. Yes, because I, I feel like that just to like push back, just to, like so, like, what do you? What do you think are some steps that 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 we we can take as a people in order for that to 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 not happen? You know what I mean? So I feel like like we're like we're rent and things of that. We're not owners, but we're renters. You know right. what I mean? So right. how do we we need like how do we shift that paradigm for us to become stop being renters and being owners? You know what I mean? Yeah, you 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 nailed it because it's tough. With gentrification, it's really tough because it's about money right so if you say yeah i'm listening to skies who joined it he's right we got to start taking this shit back yo let me go take this three million and buy this brownstone like no one can do that you know what i mean like nobody has three mil laying around to go do that so the way you can do it from a gentrification aspect is supporting the stuff that's in your neighborhood that's been there for the longest you know the store that been there forever support them you know what i mean like get involved with the community get involved with the leaders and you know, the, the, the aldermen and, and, and the people in your neighborhood and your community that help make these decisions and putting the right people in office, for one. For two, it costs money to try to get in, in front of gentrification, but it doesn't cost money to get in front of the culture vultures because you look at, like, a lot of people, let's say you guys, you guys reached out to me to do the interview. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Why? Because I'm like, yo, they're young, they're coming up, they're doing the right things, they're from the right place. I'm with it. It don't matter if they're not complex. It don't matter if they're not fader. It don't matter if they're not whatever. I'm going to do it. As artists, as creative minds, whether it's music, fashion, whatever, 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 film, we have to be more willing to do that. I know a lot of people who turn down interviews because it ain't so-and-so or turn down looks because it ain't so-and-so. I don't got time to do no Zoom with so-and-so. They ain't da-da-da-da-da. We, nah, I ain't doing that. Like, I know a lot of people who move like that and we can't move like that. Also, it costs nothing to start your own site, start your own, uh, you know, your own outlet as far as interviews, blogs, whatever, 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 covering the culture, 
because that's how we make sure the culture is respected in the right light. You know, guys like like how y'all wrote the books with me in them, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, that's the type of stuff that it takes to jump in front of the culture and be like, I know so-and-so ain't going to get this right, but I'm going to get it right. Hmm. So let me do it. And yeah. that, we get enough of those, it'll get to where we need and want it to be. And in response to that, yeah. I think another model we could follow is uh, in, in Chicago, it's a, it's a neighborhood called La Vieta, which is uh, South Lawndale. And it's a Mexican neighborhood. And gentrification is not touching that neighborhood because of the, vi the viability that they have and the ownership that they have. Because what they do is they'll come from Mexico, buy a house, it may be like five families in that house. They stack their bread. Well, Maybe two cool. of the families have paid a mortgage. The rest of the family stack their bread. Another house goes on sale. They buy that house. They split and so yep. on and so on and so on. And they yep. keep their money within their community. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's the thing that's happened to us because we become so much consumeristic. Mm. Like we into sneakers. 100%. We into this. We into that. But we're not really into like economical like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I forget the name that I'm looking for, but like that economic autonomy that mm -hmm. we have, and it's not, it's not, it's not prevalent in our self-reliance. Yeah, that's self-reliance, yeah. you know what right. I mean? Like other, I feel like other people and other communities are doing it, but we're not doing it, you know what I mean? Cause we're into other stuff. And like, right. I love that. Cause I love the fact that you lamenting, like, please don't let this happen to you. It's kind of like prophetic in a sense where it's just like, even though it's already happening from the east to the west, it's happening. Yeah, you know what I mean, like here, even here in Toronto, where I'm at, mm -hmm. the the cost of living is high. Everybody's moving outside of Toronto because of the the, the economic and people of color are being pushed out. It's not right. other people. It's other. It's, it's just people of color are yeah. the ones that suffering and being pushed out, and that's the detriment of gentrification. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's already in motion. So how do we like try to reverse that and take it back? Because it's like corporate against the people you know what i mean yeah and and that's, and that's what this whole album is about because you know we don't look at it as people of color we don't look at it and say okay instead of buying xyz let me look into buying this or that let me you know what i mean like we don't do those types of things mm -hmm. so i made this record to kind of make people think about it a little bit like you know what i never thought about that you know what i never thought about this you know what? Yeah, he got a point. It's a conversation starter. Yeah, for sure. That's what I, yeah. To be like, yo, we, me and my friends never had this conversation, but now we're having this conversation because we was listening to Sky Zoo joint. Like, that's mm -hmm. kind of what it's about, you know? That's that's part of the reason why I did, dedicated an entire album to it. There's not one record that's not about mm -hmm. this conversation. Gentrification, mm -hmm. cultural appropriation, and the vultures. There's not one record that is not about those things. There's no girl record. There's no spitter where I'm just going off, killing people, right. <laughs> you know, taking your head off lyrically and I'm nicer than you. None of that. This whole album is about this world of concept that I put together. And that's why. Yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Shout out to you and Odyssey, because y'all are like the only ones. Odyssey got a song called Gentrification too. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it came out, but that's like one of my favorite songs on gentrification. And then you come with this, so respect. Shout out to Von P as well. Von P did um, City for Sale a couple mm -hmm. years ago as well. Yeah. I, I don't really know him, so but yeah, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Odyssey's is uh, Tangible Dream from Tangible Dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a dope joint. Legendary. Man. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Is there any more songs to cover? What? 
a Sky Zoo co-produced song, What Money Taught Us. Mm -hmm. I, I love seeing your, your name in the production credit with J57. That was dope. Yeah. So, yeah. So did how, what was it? Did you work with him on that? Did you come up with it? And then he yeah, yeah. I, I just it? needed him to show me how to work the gadgets and gadgets. Ah. Anytime you see it say me produced by me and co-produced by somebody else, that means I came to them with everything and I just needed them to help me work the gadgets and gadgets. Right. And, gotcha. Yo, I want to use this joint. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to loop it right here. I want to have this come in. I want to take the drums and put them right here. I want to do that. I just don't know how to work the machine or the MP or whatever. So right. shout out to J57 for Steve Kerr in the situation and coaching me through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He's dope. He, yeah. he, he does some great work. Shout yeah, out to him for sure. About to do some more of that too. But um, oh, dope. Yeah, but you know, and then with the record lyrically, there's so much being said on it, man. Yeah. I think there's so much being said on it that people don't talk about it because there's so mm. much being said on it. Like it's it's I think this one just flies way over people. They're like, yo, this one was a lot to try to decipher. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, wow. You know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, advice from Candace Owens and $50 from Virgil, mm. the lights be off white. So you thinking, how could they burn you? You know, the same, same as the hole in your pocket left to confirm you. And it's kind of like what, what uh, my man was saying earlier, a few minutes ago, as people of color, was so concerned with being validated in that confirmation. There's a hole burning in our pocket. Like, yo, I got to spend this money. I just got paid. I just, got, I got to spend, I got to get them J's. Yo, mm -hmm. I got to get that so-and-so. I got to right. do it. I got to do it. We're looking word to the hole in your pocket left to confirm you, right? Like advice from Candace Owens and $50 from Virgil, the lights be off white. So you thinking, how could they burn you? People get that, I would hope. Uh, Virgil off white, the lights be off white, they're dim. How could the light burn you if it's not that hot? If it's not that hot, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's off white. It's not bright white. So it's not that hot, it, but it still could burn you. Lights be off white. So you think of how could they burn you? Word to the hole in your pocket left to confirm you. That light is burning a hole in your pocket mm. that you didn't even realize, you know, off white, mm. off white Virgil, blah, blah, blah. But validation ain't never make me no difference. Like I didn't need the validation of all that. So if I'm buying all this shit and doing all this shit, it's genuinely because I want it. It's not for validation or anybody else's approval. And most mm -hmm. importantly, it doesn't define me. You know, yeah. we as black folk, we do all that because it, it defines us. And I'm speaking generally, not individually or specifically, but generally we want that validation. We, it defines us because 400 years ago, we was told we didn't mean anything. So for the past 400 plus years, mm -hmm. we've been trying to prove to ourselves and everyone around us, no, 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 I mean something. Here's why I mean something. I got yeah. the new J's. You never see me without them. I got the new so-and-so. You never see me without it. Oh, Balenciaga's the new hot shit. You won't see me without it. Oh, right. white is the new hot shit. You won't see me without it. Why? Because if I got it all, it means I'm somebody. Mm. Because for 400 years, we were told we were nobody. Right. That's why all this shit happens. And it's the shit I was talking about on in, in Celebration of Us. You know, right. yeah. in that conversation. And just like my man said a minute ago, like that's what it, that's what it comes down to. So that's just four bars of a record. Like that record is loaded. Yeah. That, yeah that you just, loaded. And if, if I'm not mistaken, you just, it's one verse. Yeah. I believe. You just, you just, but yeah, I just, right, went, right, right. But you just go right through. I just went off. It's, yeah. I don't know, 80 bars or 60 something, but I don't know. I just went off. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, if, if, if you're listening out there and uh, you've heard the album, make sure you buy it because it's got the little booklet. It's got the lyrics in it. So that's yeah. always fun, you know, to kind of decipher it and, and that. So make sure you buy this joint because it's super dope. Great, great um, packaging, too, on the joint. Thank you. Very, Appreciate very well it. done. Yeah, so the last song on the album is Soft Eyes, yeah. uh, produced by Iomasa's, one of Iomasa's favorite producers. Uh, how do you say, Tuame? Tuami. Tuami. Tuami, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's dope. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So, so the last song on the album, I always think is a very important song. So, what did you want to leave people with soft eyes? Uh, I'm saying everything I just talked about and this fight and going hard with all this, is it worth it? Mm. That's what I'm ending it with. And then also, um, I talk about my career. And, you know, I talk about how I've done this, 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 and this. Is it worth it? Have I, I've done enough. Should I tap out? Is it worth it? Like that. And then that, you know, that whole story and, you know, me contemplating retirement and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what that all comes to. And soft eyes is, it's a saying from the wire. The soft eyes is just, um, you know, when you look at something and you're staring right at it, you miss everything else around it and behind mm. it. You right. soft eyes. Who, who was it? Uh, it was Freeman. It was Freeman who was telling the bunk. He was like, soft eyes. Like you use soft eyes when you're looking at this and you'll see way more and way further than, than you're trying to see. Then you realize you're trying to see all this, but you're only seeing here because you, you tight. You soft eyes. Um, and I'm saying to the people, when it comes to my career, I'm like, you was looking for this and this and this. I've been giving you that but you wasn't using soft eyes to see it. You were so focused on right these guys right here in front of you, and you were so focused on them. Look around. Use soft eyes. Everything you've been looking for, I've been doing for the longest, mm. to the point where I'm like, maybe I'm done doing the shit. Hmm. You know? But that's what it's about. Wow, that's dope. Well, I yeah, hope you're not wi- done. As a wire enthusiast, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, <laughs> I, it was I thought bunk, you were going to chime in. It, it was Bunk <laughs> telling uh, the female police officer. You know, oh, okay. I thought yeah, okay, yeah, it was Bunk talking to Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that scene. Okay. Yeah, he's telling us, telling us soft eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's up. Got. That's what's up. So this album, all the brilliant yes. things. Oh. What's that, Neville? Oh, you want to? I wanted to ask the one question, Tim. Oh yeah, from A One. Uh, yes. Yeah. The dynamic duo A One and Phonics. Um, I think they dropped the classic. By the way, nothing less. Um. A1 asked, um, she said, since you're such a great writer and great storyteller and have all these conceptual albums, he wants to know, um, one day you're going to be writing a book. Mm. Yeah, totally. Totally, oh. totally. Definitely. Um, or even a movie. All of that. All of that. Yeah, I got movie scripts. I got television show scripts and ideas and, and pilots and, and all that laid out. You know what I mean? That that I'm trying to work on and get off the ground without a doubt. Without a doubt. Dope. Can't By wait way, for that. I love the song with you and him. That song is yes. fire. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah, not know, good. I did not know about this song until we did a battle, Blue versus you, and the MC Till played, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> no joke. Uh so I've one last question to take us out of here tonight, uh, Sky Zoo, unless there's anything else you want to get to. Um this album, it's hard to top previous albums from your catalog, but it seems like you keep doing it again and again. I would argue that this is one of your better albums, which all of them are pretty much in that same category. 
But I would argue that this is probably your, arguably your most important album, or I think it's a very important album, if, if you want to say it like that. Um, was there anything in the process of making this album, writing this album, recording this album, did you change? Did this album change you in any way? Um, no, I don't, I don't think it's, well, you know what? I think every album changes me because it's yeah. just both as an artist and as a man and as an individual and as a person. So it's just growth in that sense. So I guess, I guess so, because I think all of them change, change me. Yeah. Um, Cause you grow within the writing because while you're writing, you're learning yourself and you're learning mm. more. So I, I think all of that stuff is true. Um, I will say I went through more hurdles writing this album mm. that I've talked about before. Like, you know, the first day writing the album, day one, I was the first song I wrote was Free Jewelry because I always start with whatever the first song on the album is going to be. That's always the first session. Right. It's just a little thing that I do. And I had a back injury. I like pulled something in my back and I had this excruciating mm. back injury. And if you've never had back pain, please pray that you never get it. It's mm. the worst in the world. I feel so bad for Dwight Howard and how much back pain he's had in his life because it is the absolute worst thing in the world. Um, so I had this back injury that I didn't tell anybody about, you know, I didn't put on social media, people close to me knew, but mm -hmm. um, I'm writing free jewelry. I can't sit. I can't stand. I can't lay. I can't walk. Mm. I can't, nothing like everything hurts. Every movement, even just sitting still hurts. And I'm writing free jewelry through all that pain. I go in the booth and I'm leaning on the wall while I'm recording. I'm using the wall as a back brace. Oh, that wow. was day one of the album. You know, you can't hear it in the record. Yeah. Ask my man Cap. You ask Lorenzo. That was day one. Like moving the mic and leaning on the booth, you know, on the wall of the booth and reading off the phone. That was the first day of recording. So from there to, you know, COVID shut down all the studios. So I didn't mm -hmm. have a studio for a while. Then I built a studio on my crib. Uh, then I had vocal cord surgery last yep. summer. I couldn't talk for a month. Man. I didn't know how I was going to come back. Then when I came back, I didn't like how I sounded. Hmm. And I really contemplated chilling after that. I didn't like how I sounded at all. You know, when the doctor emailed me and was like, hey, man, you're good. You're fully healed. You can talk, yell, scream, rhyme, perform, concert, whatever. Right. I went in my studio and I just I threw on whatever beat and I just messed around and I hated how I sounded. Hmm. It's kind of like if you tear your ACL and you're down for a year, the first time back on the court, you know, it was rust. Yeah. So you're trying to cross and go back and you can't. And you're like, Yo, what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, so right. the pen was still flying the whole time. So it wasn't what I was saying. The pen was moving. I just didn't like how I sounded vocally in the yeah. literal sense. I just didn't like how I sounded. But after like a week, it came back to normal and it was better than ever. And now I sound the way I sound. So like half the album was done before the surgery and half of it was done after it. Um, you know, so there was that element. Then my grandmom's died and that's mm. still a big deal in my life. That's still, I still deal with that every day. So like there was all yeah. these things, man. Like even the last day mixing the album, mixed the album, um, mixed the album. And I went to my man, AJ Crib to pick up the files. I went to do one final listen through, pick up the files and um you know and then next day send him to mastering and i pull up to his crib and he's on this he lives on this tight block it's a two-way when it shouldn't be it's one of them streets yeah so i pull up tight i chip the, the the wheel on my truck 
on mm. the curb. I just feel uh-huh. the whole thing, the air blow out. The last day I had to call, you know, AAA and blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and, and they had to come flip. I'm like, yo, come on. It's the last day. We're done. Like, let me live. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Everything that could happen, happened. Everything that could happen, happened. And, uh, but it was Man. worth it. You know, the yeah. album came out the way it did. And it was worth it. So I definitely went through more in that aspect. Also, too, I, um, I wrote slower on this album. And it wasn't because of like writer's block or anything like that. It just kind of organically happened. Like normally I hear beat, I write 16 and 20 minutes. If I do a verse for somebody, or I write right. 16 and 20 minutes. If I write a whole song, it takes me like an hour, you know, hour and 15 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. Happens really quick. On this one, I was writing, it may take me three, four hours to write something to mm. believe. It may take me three hours to write, you know, uh, what money taught us. Yeah. It took me, you know, I think three hours to write Bed Stars Burning. Like I was literally just sitting there. I would listen to the beat for like an hour just on repeat before I wrote one word. I would just, I would kind of become one with the beat, just listening, yeah. listening, and kind of becoming one with the beat. And then sit down and write, read it over. But what if I put the 14th line? What if I take that and make it the seventh line? What mm. if I make seventh the twelfth line? What if I make twelfth the fourteenth line? How would this work? And then re- record that whole. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a lot of fine tooth combing on this album with the writing. So it took a year and a half to do off and on because uh, I was stopping because of no studio. Right. I um I started working on milestones, so I stopped to do that. Mm. Little things, you know what I mean? So you know. A lot of starting and stopping the surgery yeah. with my voice, blah blah blah. Yeah. blah. So there's yeah. that. Well, it came out wonderfully, man. It's a it's a great it, album. A brilliant it is. Album. Yeah, it's 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 the joint of the year, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. There's so much on it that people haven't even begun to break down or mm. get or 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 layer out. You know, like it, it's, I mean, it's so loaded. I mean, the 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 one moment I use just as an example, it's one of many, but it's one that I always go to as an example to make people be like. You know what? I, I get what he's saying. I really got to go back and listen to this whole thing. You know, and I said, um, same corner loops we was raised on, flip A to Z and cruise word to a phase on all love, mm. but whatever part that the phase on, on a uh, rich rhetoric. That's a, a quadruple. So mm. you say, uh, flip A to Z and cruise word to a phase on, like trying to get, you know, flip A to Z and cruise. All right. So you're trying to get from A to Z and take off. So that's one. Like I'm trying to, we doing this. I'm trying to go from here to there like that. And I'm trying to get up out of here. Cool. That's one flip A to Z and cruise. Okay. A Z the rapper, his last mm-hmm. name is Cruz. Cruise. Anthony yeah. Cruz. So that's two flip A to Z and cruise word to a phase on. Okay. You got A Z the rapper, A Z Cruz, but you also got A Z phase on from the paid and full era. Mm. A to Z and cruise word to a phase on. So now we talking about A Z the rapper, A Z Cruz, and we talking about A Z phase on the drug dealer. I say flip A to Z and cruise word to a phase on all love or whichever part that the phase on. Now you got phase on love, the actor. Mm. So A Z cruise to A Z phase on the phase on love, and this thing. So it's it's it, that's a quadruple in in two bars. Right. You know what I mean? Like in one bar, flip A to Z and cruise word to a phase on all love. That's one bar. Right. Quadruple in one bar. There's nobody releasing the album doing that. Yeah, so it's I want to hear more when people talk about album of the year. I don't like. <laughs> I'm not signed to so and so. 
such and such don't got their arm around my neck. You know, I'm not paying 50 grand a month in PR. Right. Nobody's doing that on a record. And, and, and nobody's making a record where they do that. And then all the shit they're talking about when they do that matters within the context of a story about saving culture and a neighborhood mm-hmm. and not just doing that to just bar out and go crazy. Nobody's doing that. So I don't want to hear more about albums of the year. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love it. I, I love it, man. I, I, I'm reminded of the bad seed. The bad seed has this type of, uh, uh, sw- not swagger, but confidence in his music that I'm hearing from yeah. you right now. That like, you, you know, it's dope. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, improving. so much that people haven't caught, which is cool. I know that comes with my territory. I know that comes with my territory. I do that on purpose. Like, you know, when you get a Sky Zoo joint, yo, we're going to sit here and break this thing down. Yeah. You may not break it all down until two Christmas from now. And that's what makes it worth it. It's not, oh, my God, he's trying to kill us and he thinks he's better than ever. That's what makes it worth it. Like, it makes it worth your time. Yeah. You know, we sit here. We listened to Illmatic and it was written and Reasonable Doubt and Ready to Die and Cuban Links and Iron Man and we Equimini. We listened to all these records 20-something years later and we still find things in them. Yeah. That's what made it worth it. All the records that come out and you got it the first day, you listen to it, and the first day that you listened, you got it all. Like, yo, I got it. I get what they're saying. That wasn't worth it. Right. Done with it. The re- I want my replay value to be years and years and years. Like, I want 15 years from now, yo, man, I was listening to that and all the brilliant things. And you know, when Sun says so-and-so, yo, oh, shit, you got... Because that's what happens when we listen to Reasonable Doubt. That's what happens when we listen to Illmatic. That's what happens when we listen to Life After Death. That's what I'll be gunning for. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, worth it. I think we will be listening to this album right here, All the Brilliant Things by Sky Zoo, uh, years and years into the future. If you've not heard this album... Go listen to it. Buy it. It's, it's, it's a great album. Uh, well put together. Like Sky Zoo was just saying, there's dense lyrics in there that you're just going to have to, uh, you know, listen again and again and again to get it. And it's also dope on the first listen, too. So uh, just a lot here to enjoy. So make sure you buy that. Sky Zoo, we didn't have time last time you were here, but we always end the show with shout outs because it's a hip hop show. So we okay. always do shout outs. So is there anything else you need to uh, get out to people you want to uh, talk about or let people know that what's coming up or just anything at all? Uh, I just want to say, um, you know, I appreciate the love from everybody. You know, um, it, it's been a great ride with the album and we just get yeah. started, you know, more videos, more releases, more, more push behind the album. And I'm excited about all of that. And I'm just excited that the point that I was trying to get across got across, yeah. you know, that's the yeah. goal of it. Dope. Well, listen, we'll give you the last word. We'll give you the last shout outs tonight. Um, but real quick, since we have so many people on the uh, call tonight, make sure we'll let's keep our shout outs swift and quick. Uh, but uh, Profound, what's up, man? You got some shout outs for us tonight? Man, real quick, the pro kids, I ain't going to even name them all, man. They, <laughs> they know who they are, man. <laughs> Those six, the Boom Bat Chat crew, Thought Provoker, YGT, Sky Zoo, as, again, brother, thank you for coming through, man. Shout out to you. Thank you. Bless on the album, man, and continue success for you. I actually got three children in the A, so I'll be to see you soon. Word um, up. And, uh, man, that's it, Till. Cool, cool. Uh, let's swing it over to Yafef, YGT Records. What's up, man? Who you want to shout out today? Yeah, man, big shout out to the Boom Bap Chat. Of course, Sky Zoo, amazing album. And, of course, everybody who helped out on the album as well. Yeah, Appreciate very it, man. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Iomas Marad, you're next on my screen. Who you got a shout out tonight? 
man, just, you know, the all the black people that's on the struggle, like mm. that's dealing with gentrification, cultural appropriation. I'm always about my people, bro. So um, whether that's BIPOC, indigenous, native, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's on the struggle, they're trying to move us from the land, they're trying to move us in the outskirts. So shout out to my people. It's like trying to hold it down and keep the stakes down where they are. And then, uh, I definitely think we need to start coming together and having conversations about, you know, um, economic autonomy mm. and community and rebuilding our community. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to um, Sky Zoo for coming through. I would like to have like more, I know we didn't have time, but I want to like trying to get into like a more in-depth conversation. Cause I like want to know what you read in, what you, what you yeah. what, like you know what i mean like so mm -hmm. or if you are a reader you know what i'm saying like what yeah, you, yeah, if you're a reader what you're reading you know what i'm saying but we don't have, maybe we could talk offline but yeah man that's that's what i'm about so i appreciate you for this album and i, I like the concept um you know the as the as the foundation so thank you man thank you thank nah, you i appreciate it man good luck for sure peace, cool. peace. right on iron Moss. thank you for that thought provoker who you want to shout out tonight Shout out the chat, you know, the Boom Bap chat, Neb to Profound, Iron Moss, Peach Brothers. Shout out to um shout out to Brother Sky for providing a soundtrack to, you know, hearkening back to when I was, you know, in the city between the city between Orange County, New York, and you know, the some of the parallels I saw. So shout out to that. Um, and I want to say just shout out to, to creatives and, and coming together and, you know, not having an agenda and not so much an ego when we can all just like, like Scott was saying, like he didn't care if the, the German producer had two views. If it's dope, it's dope. And, you know, I think the way we take back the culture and, and also take back what is ours is getting back to that. Like no matter, no matter about you know, the, the name on the front of the jersey is about the name in the back and the integrity and 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 um and the work that come with it. So, you know, shout out to that. Word up. Word up. Thank you for that. J.R. Swifts, who you want to shout out tonight? Man, um, I'm gonna shout out, of course, the, the chat, boom bad chat as always. Um, shout out to my cousin A1, shout out to Fonda, yeah. shout out to my pops. Of course, shout out to the sky. You know what I'm saying? He definitely um Ready. painted the, the perfect picture. You know what I'm saying? With, with this album. Um, and there's some other some other so I always give you your flowers anyway. I always tell yeah, you, you give you your, your, your you know what I mean, always give you your, your flowers. So um we definitely need more artists of your caliber in this lane. Um it's a lot of I guess cookie cutters going on. People don't want to um, zone in on the project and really piece it together. But yeah. um, I, I'm gonna just leave it there. But yeah, again, shout out to you, bro, for sure. Ready, absolutely. Word, word. And Neville, shout outs for you, my man. Yeah, Swift's also wanted to shout out Westside for his birthday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he just forgot that one. But um, anyway, I'm gonna lick a shot. Whoa, wait, pause. We wanna put a shot up in the air. Um, what was I going to say? I just want to say quick, man. Shout out to everybody that has been following this, that is tuning in right now to this. Love y'all for that. Everybody in the Boom Bap chat room, you know, on that other app, thank you for that. 
everybody that follows his albums, his work. Shout out to that. And shout out Jackie, man. Without Jackie, this would have been impossible. So yeah, Jackie the model, love. Absolutely. And Sky Zoo, to you, brother, for coming back, back to back, hitting us. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's come back to back so quick. I, I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to break down the album with us, man. So good, so good. Questions. You know, right on, and I love the album by the way. So, yeah, thank you. And I'm going to go on the record. I'm thinking this is the best one so far to me. Before it was in yeah. celebration of us, and now I'm like, all right, this one kind of absolutely nudges it. The more and more I played it too, so no, absolutely, man. And thank you a lot for coming through, man. One, yo, thank you, Neville. Uh, quick shout out to everyone that's tuning in on Facebook and uh, the podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in. Of course, Miss Jackie, like Neville said, for hooking this up. The first interview with Sky Zoo. Uh, my boom bap chat brothers, uh, always wonderful to be with you all Thursday night. I really look forward to this time. MJ, uh, shout out to you and shout out to Pop the Brown Hornet, who will be back with us next Thursday. He was with us before, but his time was real short. He had a scheduling conflict, so he's going to come back. He'll just have time. We can just chat with him. And finally, big shout out to you, Sky Zoo. Really appreciate your work. Appreciate who you are. Uh, love your music. And uh, we'll just we'll keep talking about it, keep pushing it as best we can. And try to get it out there to the people. So thank you for uh, sharing yourself with us through your music and for, you know, taking so much of your time tonight to be here with us. We really appreciate it. And we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, thank you, man. Thank you yeah. all. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll let you uh, take the final shout outs and we'll be out of here. Yeah. Well, once again, shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to everybody on the chat, everybody in the, in the crew, you know, everybody online watching. Uh, shout out to all y'all for supporting the real understanding, wanting to understand, wanting to break it down and, and putting that time and effort forward. Appreciate all of that and all of y'all, man. And uh, just keeping it going for those who get it and understand and, and, and those who know the importance of what we all have to do. You know, as, as artists and creatives, we have a voice. I believe in that very heavily. You know, I was when I was making this album, I was listening to I don't really listen to a lot of what's going on at the moment when I'm writing because I don't want to be influenced. You know, um, I remember Eminem said that in XXL or something many moons ago, and that always stuck with me. I think I was still like in college when I read that or something like that. And that always stuck with me. Like I don't listen to nothing when, you know, when I'm working on this because I don't want to be influenced by it. You know, I don't listen to new stuff when I'm doing mm. it. So I say all that to say I was listening to Gil Scott Heron, Curtis Mayfield, Bill Withers, you know, along with all the jazz I always listen to every day. Those are the three guys I was listening to added on to the jazz that I listened to. And, I think it shows in the records, it shows in the stuff I talked about, the way I wrote it, the way I approached it. And the reason for me telling that story is because those guys knew that there was a, a responsibility with their voice. Like, yo, I could sing, I could play, I could write. I have a responsibility with this now. I can't just go out there and make records about dancing and blah, 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 or hooking up or whatever. Like, that's great. We all want to do that, you know, all day. But you have a responsibility as an artist to capture the times and speak for the people who don't have the same voice that you have and the same capability. So, you know, my goal is to always do that. And, and this album is another testament to that. So appreciate everybody who understands that and gets that and appreciates that. And we rocking and rolling. Right on, man. Thank you, Scott Zoo. man, to that point, man, Nina Simone said uh, music should reflect the times, man. So yeah, there you that's go. on point. 100%. Hey, for sure. On that note, we say... Peace, 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 peace.